from Infinite Guests, this is Top Score, a conversation with composers who write music for video games. I'm Emily Reese. The members of the band Missing No all met at Capilano University in Vancouver, B.C. All seven of them, Thomas, Luis, Michael, Eric, Leo, Trent, and Alex, were in the Jazz Studies program together when they decided to form a video game cover band with a jazz fusion sound. Not a whole lot of video game cover bands out there with a jazz fusion sound. For this particular conversation, I spoke with Thomas, who plays trumpet, Luis is the trombonist, and saxophone player Michael, about how Missing No got started. Now, you're all students, or have you? some of you graduated, or tell me the situation here. Well, we all went to uh, university together up at Capilano, which is in uh, Vancouver, British Columbia, and took the jazz studies course. That's where we all met. As far as in school, it's uh, just me and Michael that are actually actively taking classes right now. I think everyone else is sort of doing maybe a course here or there, but everyone else is also pretty much graduated. A few of the guys work day jobs. Eric does a lot of... Uh, a lot of commissions. He's actually on vacation right now in Mexico, and we hate him for it. Yeah, <laughs> screw that guy. <laughs> right? <laughs> Trent does a lot of, uh, I think he's working construction right now? Yes. Yeah. Yeah, and he does a lot of teaching as well. So. We're all also in different bands as well. We all have our hands in many different pies. Delicious pie. pie. I like pie. I mean, I know Luis and I, we both play in different R&B cover bands yes. to make ends meet. <laughs> yes, we do. <laughs> So, yeah, we go wherever we're hired, but Missing No certainly kind of like our nerdy love child. Yeah, it's <laughs> one of my favorites for sure. How you all started? First of all, we've we've met Thomas, Luis, and Michael. Now, who else plays in the band who's not here today? Uh, well, we've got Eric, who's uh, our guitar player. We've got uh, Leo on piano and keys and melodica sometimes. We have Trent on drums, and we've got uh, Alex on bass. Whose idea was this? Well, uh, technically, I guess it was Michael and I's idea. When it first started, we were just kind of in the basement one day playing some video games and commenting about video game music. And I'm not sure what I th- were we listening to a different video game band at the time when we thought of this, or <laughs> yeah, we were listening to the One Ups. Right, that's right. And we were thinking we could probably do this. This would be fun. Why don't we try doing something like this? So we started planning and seeing what if we could make this possible with some yeah. horns and whatnot. And the band's concept kind of evolved. We originally intended it to be kind of a jam band where we kind of improvised a lot more and kind of made more straight ahead jazz arrangements. And over time, we had everyone in the band, most people in the band provide a lot of arrangements. And it kind of went to a more 
prog jazz kind of feel kind of yeah, everything which is a little more through composed than uh, improvised stuff mm-hmm. which is nice because we're blessed to have so many amazing arrangers in the band um, that want to write and love video game music enough they go oh you know and we all have different aspects of video game music that we like so you and know different I, sorry and no, different styles of music as well yeah absolutely yeah. so we all kind of have our own little corner and go oh yeah I'd love to do this song and so we all bring in our own bit from our pasts which is great yeah, I, I feel like our biggest strength in the band now has come from how we arrange stuff. And that was not our original intention, but it's kind of what we grew to excel at. fun transition to allow yourselves to evolve with the music itself. We also had a few a few roster changes early on in the life of the bands. When we brought in new members, Alex is a big arranger and Eric is a big arranger. Trent can just play all styles so comfortably. It's, yeah. it's wonderful to have such first-time musicians in the group as well. Absolutely. And I did notice that your your record has quite a bit of diversity on it too. I mean, how do you balance all those different gaming loves in the in the band? Honestly, we kind of go on a whim. We choose <laughs> whatever we like at the time we play. And if we're in a nostalgic mood, which is often, we'll play a lot of nostalgic t- I, I think a lot of the older tunes, the 8-bit stuff, the 16-bit stuff, it leaves itself a lot more open for interpretation. And we're able to transform these songs and warp it into our own twisted version. (laughs) As one way of putting it. (laughs) Whereas something that's more orchestral is often a bit harder to touch in terms of interesting arrangements. Well, at least for our instrumentation. For our instrumentation. Because we don't just take a song and turn it into a metal tune every time. We like to try to approach every song as differently as we are able to. that a lot of the older stuff tends to be easier to do that personalized. too, to yeah. personalize, but that's not always the case. Well, I was just going to say that I was thinking about that as I was driving in this morning, just how those older songs had such clear, simple melodies because they had to. And uh, that that is one of the qualities about that music that draws people to it. And I think that's also a quality of the music that lends itself to exactly what you're talking about. I feel like that older stuff, they were forced to create a catchy hook, a melody, a track that only lasted about a minute and a half. And if, it's, that. If, if that. If that. Like, if, often if I, 30 seconds. Sorry, if I, yeah, if I can throw in one of my frustrations with working with much older music is that you get things that are four bars long, eight bars long, and you think back, oh, man, I loved that song as a kid. I want to do an arrangement of that song, and I go back and listen to it, and it's 
four bars over and over and over. And it's like, what can now I... Now I need to stretch this into a full song. <laughs> <laughs> what can I do to turn this into three and a half, five-minute song? It's, yeah. uh, but on the flip side, on a more modern game, like if you were to play something from the Uncharted series, it's ten minutes of miscellaneous strings and timpani, and there's not much you're going to do with that for a jazz fusion ensemble. It's, it's very atmospheric versus melodic, which is, which is fine. And, of course, sometimes you'll hear those occasional melodies and you go, oh, yeah, that's great, but... Um, I also find, you know, having with the older games, it has so much longer to have set into the gamer culture as well. And so even a game like, uh, for example, one that we've been doing recently is Tetris. And Eric is, uh, our, again, our guitar player, he's an excellent writer and arranger. And the beginning of the song, we play the first half and it's almost... You almost can't tell that it's Tetris. You'd have to be really understanding what Eric was doing for to even have an idea that it was Tetris. And then about halfway through, it's definitely Tetris. And he kind of brings it all back. And you're like, oh, okay, I get it now. So, But we can do that because Tetris is so, you know, every, you, you play it and everybody will go, oh, yeah, I know that song. What song is that? Where is that from again? Or, oh, yeah, that's obviously Tetris. And so we can kind of have fun with that, which is, which is cool. Do you find sometimes you're drawn to these melodies not because you're nostalgic for them, but because you know the audience will be? Sometimes. <laughs> I mean, selfish. <laughs> yeah, we, we, on some level we play what we want, but on other times it's like, I mean, we'll never, we'll never shy away from a chart because we don't think it'll be popular. But sometimes we'll be like, well, this song is really popular with people. Or, do we have any examples of that right now that I can't that, A song about? that's popular that we... Like, um... A while back, I did an arrangement of a song called "Big Blue" from uh, F Zero, and that was because a few friends of mine are like, "Man, you guys, you guys should really do this song." And it's not one that was really on my radar. But and then on the other hand, we uh, you did an arrangement of "Lavender Town," which nobody wanted, but we did anyway, and it actually if, came to be a, one of our one of our best ones. People yeah. tend to ask for that one a lot, but it's again very very different, and not everyone's like, "Oh yeah, Lavender Town, I love that song." It's like that's a really <laughs> creepy song, but. <laughs> It's great. It's a lot of fun. It's still really, really fun music. Each of you, have you stumbled upon music? I mean, we kind of touched on this a second ago, but what did you never play as a kid and now you're playing the music thinking, wow, this is great music. I wish I had played this when I was a kid. <laughs> or did you, have you played all of these? One example for me was one of my f absolute favorite charts that we are playing now is our Little Nemo med medley. I never really played too much of it. And then I found myself at PAX last year in the free play area, and I saw that they had Little Nemo available to rent in the free play area. So I grabbed it and I started playing it. And I guess, yeah, the arrangement definitely influenced me to go and actually try that game. That's cool. Yeah, I have a similar story, actually, with the arrangement you wrote, Michael. Um, really early on, we played a, an arrangement of a game called Bad Dudes. <laughs> ¶¶ 
And um, Bad Dudes is, is, a, is a fairly difficult <laughs> game for the NES, and um, it's kind of a side scroller. Very, it's like Double Dragon, right? Mm -hmm. Similar, similar game style. So, Double and Dragon. The, the second and fifth level have this very—they're the same song, and it's this kind of very intense, almost metalish tune. And Michael kind of came in one day, he's like, "I want us to play this," and I wrote this arrangement. No case, so we sat down and played it, and it, it was hilarious, and I loved it. And again, it was at PAX. I think it was two years ago that we went into the retro gaming area and just sat down for like four hours and tried to beat it. There was a, there was a lot of yelling going I don't think on. You we never beat it. Second level. Uh, we, you got. I to got the, very very. You close. got to the fifth level. I think yeah. you were really close to the end, but but I had never even thought to play that. But because of playing the that uh, video game music, I was like, yeah, let's let's play this. I want to try it now. One thing I've been enjoying about how we've been arranging lately is that even though we're a horn band, we don't always put the horns front and center. We kind of let different instruments always take the spotlight for little bits and pieces throughout the song. It's not just trumpet plays the melody every time. It's, it's exhausting. Not... <laughs> yes. <Yeah. laughs> tiring. It's tough on our faces. Yeah. It's tough on our faces. It's tough on our brains. Just to... And it makes the arranging more fun for our yeah. creative arrangers Absolutely. to yeah. figure out different ways of getting that message out, that me melody out. I've been finding lately a lot of um, the arrangements have been rather than thinking, okay, there's you know three horns and then a piano, a guitar player, bass player, and drummer. It's like, all right, I have seven voices, and this is what I want to portray, and I'm going to spread it across the seven voices and make it work so that it sounds the way I want it to, which is great. So you know, you'll have there's a lot of you know trumpet guitar duo stuff that yeah. we've been doing lately, and then the trombone. I play the trombone with the guitar, trombone with the bass a lot, and saxophone will be playing a counter melody, and it just it fits together in a nice puzzle, and it's really nice. It's we're not just you know horns are playing the melody and harmony, and the rhythm section is playing rhythm section stuff. You know, it's all interwoven, which is really nice. Yeah, and that's the way that uh, Alex and Leo like to work as well. It's more of a sort of Maria Schneider and uh, Kenny Wheeler school as opposed to a Basie style. Or, <laughs> yeah. Tell us how to find your music. Yeah, we have our one album, the um, Warp Zone, which is our yep. first actual, you know, album album. And then we have our Patreon album. Our Patreon, well, not or not our Indiegogo album. Indiegogo album, yeah. Which yeah. was basically um, when we we did a Kickstarter, or it's called Indiegogo, and we did it um, to raise money for our first album. And one of the perks was if you donated fifty dollars, we'd do a commission for whichever tune you'd like to do. So we... Uh, it was a dumb idea. It was a, dumb, it was, it was a lot was, of work it, for it 50 bucks. It was a great bucks. idea, but it was... Oh, well, yeah, and if we ever do Indiegogo, we're doing that again. We're doing it, it again was, because it people so loved much, it. It was so much fun. People loved it. But it was a lot of work. Yes, that's <laughs> a lot of work. We got a lot of commissions, so and, we had to kind of put together. And of course, uh, Eric. when Eric gets an idea, he kind of tends to go off with it. So Little Nemo was one of actually one of those commission tunes, and um, it was supposed to be one song <laughs> and in the end it was seven mm. as a, as a oh 10 minute the guy, the guy got his money worth yeah yeah wow. and we also got some really weird requests um, <laughs> which incidentally i think i got 
stuck with. You got stuck with all the <laughs> but um, but no, that was a lot of fun. So we have that one up as well with all those commissioned uh, songs up on our Bandcamp as well and on YouTube. We have yep. the videos of those. So and we've been in the middle of recording a bunch of new stuff. So we'll be hopefully getting those out soon. And. Yeah. Last question. Explain the name. This thing that wasn't actually the original name. Oh of the band. yes, the, the original <laughs> name of the band was a topic of much debate, and it took us forever to find a name. And we never actually performed under this name. Uh, it, we we originally called ourselves We Are Error. Before that was the Phoenix Downs. <laughs> it was never <laughs> the Phoenix Downs. <laughs> There's a lot of questions. Or, and and the We Are do. Error was funny. It's a uh, it's what a lot of people think of as an error in um, Zelda 2, Zelda uh, The Adventure of Link. And there's a guy in house, and all he says is, I am error. And if you get far enough in the game, someone says, oh, you need to go find error, and he'll give you the key to the boat or something. Um, and you know, it was, <coughs> We thought it was funny, but then we're like, well, if we go up on stage, we are, we are error. Oh, hi, we are... We are, we are, Eric. It's not going to make sense. It doesn't work. So we're like, okay, we need a new name. So we decided to go with sort of the glitch theme and keep going. Um, And uh, we settled on Missing Now, which is a Pokemon reference. Yeah, it was like a, it was a hidden Pokemon. I think you need to learn Surf, and you have to go alongside a certain coastline. Surf and fly. And fly. And if you found this, it's just stood for Missing Number. It was a glitch, a Pokemon that wasn't supposed to exist. And if you caught it... Which item slot would it affect again? Uh, sixth. The sixth, sixth item slot, it would multiply it by 256. Yeah, so you get a 250, 250, 255 Master Balls or whatever you wanted to get. <laughs> but there's a chance it could destroy your game. And I don't yeah. know. Was, was no, that no. a myth, though? I yeah, that, that, was, was a myth. that was a myth. It never destroyed your game, but it did mess up your Hall of Fame. Yeah, everything oh, would become okay. glitchy and whatnot, but, but it didn't actually affect the game, though. No. But so we're that's what we are now. You can just think of us as messing up all your favorite video game songs <laughs> <laughs> and multiplying it by two hundred fifty-five, yeah. messing them up in the best possible way. <laughs> Thanks so much for chatting with me today. Well, thank you. Yeah, thank you so much for having us today. Yeah, it was a pleasure. Thank you for listening to Top Score from Infinite Guest. You can learn more about the band Missing No and see a full playlist from this episode at infiniteguest.org. Top Score's production assistant is Pierce Huxtable, and Mark Hintz mixes each episode. Top Score is supported in part by a grant from the National Endowment for the Arts, Artworks. You can follow Top Score on Twitter and Facebook at Top Score Podcast. That's Top Score. I'm Emily Reese.